Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 up for grabs over the season. Go to OddsCrowd.com to sign up. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close? If not, pull the outright upset. Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, indeed. Here we are, and it is back. The 2021 college football season in earnest. We are ready to talk all about it. The NFL also looming, but that is next week with all the NFL games, including my defending champion, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, Go Bucks, and the Dallas Cowboys kicking off the NFL season. Can't wait for that. For now, though, lots and lots of college football to get to, including the Pooches, the Hounds, the Underdogs, and there's a bevy of them to go over. Welcome in. I am the somewhat capable, somewhat lucid host of the program. In a moment, Colby Dant is here, one of my guys from the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, and the college experience. Who better to break it all down with me than Colby Dant? Uh, here to start the college football weekend that has the likes of Alabama taking on Miami, Georgia, and Clemson, LSU, all the way out west where Colby is in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. On and on and on, and underdogs aplenty, plus some conversation with Colby about some futures bets for the national title, the Heisman Trophy. I cannot wait. He's ready to launch. We're doing that here in a moment. Also, later on in the program, the godfather of college football previews. His publication, as I like to say, is like the Bible, like the scriptures. Phil Steele of the Phil Steele College Football Preview 2021 right here on Three Dog Thursday. Looking forward to talking with him in the preview mode for the start of the regular season. Phil Steele coming up in a bit. Quick reminder, however you found us, social media link, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast through their network of shows, through sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe or follow us, as we say, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You do not have to pay. You do not have to subscribe and pay. Follow us or subscribe. It's free. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, that's where you find us. And again, 
Uh, thanks to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dan, everybody for helping us and promoting us through the Sports Gambling Podcast. So however you found us, subscribe to us. We come automatically to you in the preview mode starting Thursdays. We usually last all the way through the weekend, including the NFL Sunday, with relevant takes. Obviously, if you are listening beyond Thursday, you know what happened with games and predictions. But this show still does a good job of staying relevant Saturday and Sunday on Three Dog Thursday. This is actually year number seven that we're back in podcast form. This is year number three in and around the Sports Gambling Podcast and the network of shows. So we're thrilled to be back with you. All of that hullabaloo is done. Now let's bring him in from the college experience. Who better than my man, Colby Dant, a back aboard to kick off Three Dog Thursday, college football weekend one, 2021. Brother man, much love out on the West Coast for Colby Dant. How you feeling? We got games. We got games. We got games. Thanks for having me, TJ. I, I'm just excited. You know, it's been it's been a few months. I know we we sit there in the summer months. We're trying to watch baseball, the Olympics. I don't know, but we finally got some college football action. I'm excited, brother. Yeah, we absolutely are. And we got underdogs aplenty. Now, I do have to say this for those that are now seeing us on the YouTube version of this. Again, subscribe to the Three Dog Thursday YouTube channel. I will constantly put up videos, picks, etc. It is the YouTube version where you can see what Colby and I look like. He does have the backwards hat on. I do have the Buccaneer hat on. Come find us on YouTube. But nothing is ever going to top, brother, the first time that you were with me a year ago. And there it is on the YouTube screen when you were live from the parking lot during the pandemic talking off-season football. You were trying to go. You were in the bank parking lot, as I recall, trying to get quarters. And again, if you're yes. only hearing us, you're seeing Colby Dant wearing the Washington Cougars hat with his bandana ready to go in the bank and, and uh, be COVID safe at that time last summer, trying to make change, trying to get quarters in Southern California because he needed them like for the washing machine and the dryer, et cetera. Again, nothing that you come on the show with attire wise is ever going to top what we're looking at on the YouTube roundtable version of three dog Thursday right now, brother, that was your look. That will be your look for all time. My friend cannot top that. I love it. I love the, the one of the only times you can wear a bandana into a bank and not get <laughs> not get in, you know in trouble. But uh, look, I, I had thought that the the show was one day later. TJ calls me and says, "Can you do it right now? Because you, you your days are off, right. Colby. That right. was my mess up." I said, "Yeah, I'm at the bank though," and that was actually a crazy day because I had to go to like six or seven different banks because <laughs> because of because of what was happening in the Los Angeles area. Maybe it was like this in Tampa, but with COVID. They would not give you enough quarters. Like, first off, there was banks that just weren't open that traditionally right. are open. Then you go to ones and they were I go in there and I, I go, I need a uh, thirty dollars in quarters. Right. And they go, uh, well, we can only give you ten. And I go, so wait, I got to go to another. I got to go to three different banks, you know, like basically like I'm pulling off the ultimate heist to get thirty dollars in quarters. Right. So. What a, that was a, I, that was amazing right there. I did not but, see that one coming, <laughs> but you were phenomenal from the parking lot of the bank, breaking it down, dispensing knowledge as you always do. It doesn't matter where this man is because I know you and the guys are not only headed to LSU and UCLA at the Rose bowl coming up, you're headed to Vegas coming up as well, which you'll tell us more about in a bit. It doesn't matter where he is. He is now here with us on Three Dog Thursday and always on the college experience. That is the podcast. Find it on the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, their network of shows, and we'll promote that a little more as we go along. 
I think we already know the answer. So I know we're both excited for all of this to get underway. What two or three things are you most excited about as we get underway, whether it's a team, whether it's a player, a conference, mayhem of any kind, just begin right there. What, what specifics, a couple of things, if not three, go. I, well, I've made this case uh, on the college football experiences that, uh, you know, I think Iowa State's the most interesting team in, in college football this year. Uh, mainly, yeah, it's kind of chalky as far as we know. You know, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma seems to see and Ohio State being maybe that fifth team. Uh, but I think Iowa State's the one that uh, you say is Matt, Matt Campbell's building this culture. He turned down $68.5 million from the Detroit Lions. And now you have, which was shocking to me and right. I commend him. But at the same time, I also think, well, now we see Texas and Oklahoma jumping to the SEC. There's a decent shot from what I understand that uh, a lot of the big 12 teams might be left out to dry or trying to grab AAC teams. If the AAC teams, we even want to do that, who knows? But Iowa state's in this weird situation. Does Campbell just say, is his agent telling him, Hey, uh, maybe you take the money this off season because who knows if they're an independent who knows, but I also believe in what he preaches. I actually tr truly believe that he is a guy that's, he said, I didn't get into coaching to make money. And I, I buy into that man. And, and if you saw this off season, he landed some four stars. They not, they're getting talent. Like they've never had before. If they, if he can sustain this and I know we got to see how much longer Texas and Oklahoma will remain in the big 12, there's a lot of things, but imagine if they win the Big 12 this year. I think there's a decent shot they're going to be playing in the Big 12 championship. I do think their schedule is harder than Oklahoma's, so I do expect them to have more regular season losses. So, But there's a decent shot that they're the second team in that Big 12 championship. If they beat Oklahoma, who knows? I think they're the most interesting team in college football because we haven't seen something like this. They're the one team that's in the, pre they're in the preseason top 10, Iowa State. I just find this team to be uh, pretty fascinating, and I, I I can't wait to watch you look at, at you know from Brock Purdy to Brees Hall to uh, you know they they have skill position players all over the field that are they bring the whole offense back all eleven yeah. guys barring injuries here in fall camp they are slated to start the season this weekend bringing everybody back there's something to be said for that right yeah a hundred percent and uh, you know as much as like. On my show, I just I, I I thought like, man, I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma. But it, I, I'll tell you this, man, because they're going to have to if, if they are the team that's playing in the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma, they play Oklahoma twice in three weeks. Now, I'll say this. I'm bullish on Oklahoma, but I do think there is an advantage to playing a team twice in three weeks. And if you do, if they if they are the team playing Oklahoma, I like them to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship then, because mm -hmm. if they lose the first one. I got them going one and one. I'll say that. And I, I just think they're, it's, it's one of the more compelling stories in college football over the past decade, I think, is the rise of, of this team. The clones. And, uh, again, the first of a couple times that I will mention, Colby already knows this, I will get the privilege of broadcasting the Cyhawk Trophy game. I believe it's the 68th version of it. And they did not play it a year ago because the Big Ten did not play at the beginning of the year and refused to play any out-of-conference games. So Iowa, Iowa State coming on the 20th, uh, 20th anniversary of September 11th, which what will be a somber Remembrance Day nationwide will still be a wild day in college football. And I get to go taste the Cyhawk trophy, brother, and that yeah. game. 
uh, for Iowa and Iowa State in Ames on Saturday, September 11th, a week from Saturday. So I look forward to that. I look forward to being on with you on the college experience to preview it a little more for that game after we get a look at the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones a little bit this weekend and have a better idea of what they have. If you get to the hotel on Saturday, September 11th or, or so September 10th, and you open up your suitcase and I happen to be inside of it, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed, man. <laughs> he is going to stow away with me, me and the luggage. I like that. Uh, who is this Colby guy? Oh, he's good. He's good from the college experience. Uh, again, we'll get to the picks. We'll get to the underdogs in a few moments. Phil Steele coming later here as well in the audio version of the podcast. Uh, again, whether you're only hearing us, come find us on the YouTube version here on the Three Dog Thursday traditional roundtable. It's a table for one with Colby Dan. All right, so I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Give me one more, which could be a player, could be a conference, could be a team, and maybe it's a coach, like you were talking about, Matt Campbell. Something else that on the eve of the season for everybody starting, I know a few teams started last weekend, but for the eve of the season starting for everybody, what else intrigues you before we get into it? Um, I, I got, I mean, I could go on and on about this. I'll say, uh, I'll say to me is North Carolina going to live up to the hype because as much as I see the preseason top 10 ranking, this is a team that still lost to Florida state last year. This is a team that still gave up, I think 52 to wake forest. I don't trust that defense. Chaz Surratt's gone uh, a couple wideouts. Uh, or, I mean, the, to both their running backs and, and two, two of their starting wideouts uh, are in the NFL. So are they going to be able to reload that fast? We know they got the stud quarterback, Sam Howell. I, 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 I know Mac Brown's been recruiting, you know, really well there. The ACC coastal though, the last time, remember we didn't have the coastal last year, the ACC with adding Notre Dame and having this, you know, conference only schedule, we didn't have a divisions. The coastal has had seven different, different championships or seven different winners go to the ACC championship in the past seven years. So I see a ton of hype on on North Carolina. I see a ton of hype in my on Miami. I'm not necessarily buying it. I think there might be some other players like Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, Pittsburgh that will be right there. Give it being a thorn in the side of those teams. But I think if anyone can step forward and challenge Clemson, because they uh, look, we all know Clemson is really talented, but they've had a cakewalk over the past few years. And it just makes you wonder, could they actually do the same? if they were in the big 10 or the sec, which I am reluctant to believe, but will someone step forward and challenge Clemson? I think it's a compelling storyline. And, and with the way North Carolina has been recruiting, they should be that team, but it, it remains to be seen. So I, I think that's one of the biggest storylines for me is, is very some- true. And again, Clemson right now in the late 2010s, Uh, with the college football playoff success and into 2020s now, a lot like what Florida State obviously was in the early 1990s. And you know that I live in the state of Florida. A lot of people, again, as I like to joke, think I live in the state of confusion. I'm in the state of Florida. And uh, they dominated capital D for like years in the ACC. Really for about seven or eight years, they, they were not only the big brother, they were like the only child in the ACC. So now it's come back around where the shoe's on the other foot for the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney dominating the same way. I mean, that's the reason why uh, I heard all the same arguments. Would Florida State be able to do this if they were in the SEC back 25, 30 years ago? Would they do? Would they be able to do it if they were in the Big Ten? Well, guess what? They joined the ACC, and it's, uh, it's incumbent on those other schools to catch up. And right now, exactly what you said. It's incumbent on the other schools to catch up with Clemson. And if they cannot, because – of what Dabo Sweeney has built and because of the others ineptitude that ain't Clemson's fault. I know yeah. you're not saying that that ain't Clemson's yeah. fault. Colby Dan. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, if anything, 
I'm actually shocked that like Miami and Florida State have been the, like I, I even Miami last year that you look and they had a, a good record. I, I they still didn't pass the eye test to me. They still gave up 62 points to at home to uh, North Carolina the final game of the season and and just all all year long they were winning some of these games a lot. I felt they were one of the more luckier teams in the nation. They still don't look like Miami to me and and I I'm reluctant to believe it even this year. I, I you know Miami's like Texas. The, in the, the college, uh, here's the reason why I, I don't care for preseason rankings because they'll try to sandwich in Texas and Miami every year up there. And I just say, guys, I don't buy this. All right. Like it, before they had these unbelievable players and, and really good coaching, I, I'm reluctant to believe that. Yes, they still have some talent there, but it's not the same. I mean, you look at that backfield they had in the early 2000s, like Clinton Portis was like a second string, third string running back some of those years. And you're like, Dude, this is not happening at Miami these days. I, I watch them. Yes, they have some. They still have some players that are going to make the NFL. But uh, I think there's opportunity, you know, in in the coastal for for some other teams to to. I mean, have you ever seen Bronco Mendenhall's record against North Carolina or against Mac Brown? He dominated. He's the guy who got Mac Brown fired from Texas, uh, I, essentially by BYU running for like 560 yards against Texas. Uh, and he's been undefeated against North Carolina since he's arrived in Chapel Hill or re-arrived in Chapel Hill, I should say. So uh, I, I think the Coastal's up for grabs, and I think this this is a really compelling, you know, this year. Can someone please challenge Clemson? <laughs> All right. I will share the screen uh, here once again, and I ask uh, the question of Colby Dan. For those of us, uh, those seeing it on YouTube, again, I will say it for most of you that are hearing us only on Three Dog Thursday. We are looking at the odds currently, courtesy of our friends at WinBet, sponsors here on everything we do on the Sports Gambling Podcast and uh, the uh, network of shows. So the WinBet odds have all the faves at Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma somewhere around plus 300 to plus 700 at the time that Kobe and I were taping uh, Three Dog Thursday to kick off the season. That's to win the national title, not just be in the playoff, but to win the national title. If I were to say to you, looking at a Texas plus 4,000, looking at a Georgia plus 800, you mentioned Iowa State at plus 5,000. If you had to take a real flyer on an underdog with a big plus beside their name that's not Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, give me one, Colby Dant, that just strikes you that could win the whole thing that's not one of those four, please. I really think, it, unfortunately, it's not a big field. Like, I don't think Texas is good enough to do that. I really don't. They're starting a freshman quarterback. I think it's the Georgia Bulldogs. I think uh, the SEC East, I know, I think Heather Dinich of ESPN uh, was was blasted for this, but she said the SEC East might be the worst division in the Power Five. And I actually think <laughs> she's onto something. When you look at the turnover with Vanderbilt bringing in Clark Lee, who I think is going to be a good hire, but it's year one for him, installing a new offense, new defense. Shane Beamer, that one, I, I, look, right. I, I get it. He comes from lineage, but I, I haven't seen I, – I don't that hire was out of left field to me. Shane Beamer already admitting we have no quarterback. We're going to go with a graduate coach to be our quarterback. Have Nolan, one. yes. God almighty. And then you got Josh Heupel going from UCF to Tennessee, but they have – I mean, Tennessee had a fire sale with all these transfers. They have a, a, the NCAA is probably going to come down on them. Uh, Kentucky couldn't throw the forward pass last year. I, I do like what Stoops is doing there from a culture standpoint. As far as as uh, Florida you know. in the state where I am loses Trask to my Buccaneers in the draft loses Kyle Pitts they're not yeah. the same team right now. If any, I mean in Missouri, I I do like Drinkowitz as a hire. I think he's going to get things. If anything, I think they're kind of a nice dark horse in the SEC East. 
so I think Georgia's got a pretty easy cakewalk. I, I really do. And another thing is, you know, uh, they have JT Daniels, and we saw him. The flaw with Georgia last year was with Stetson Bennett. Look, I know he played his best. I'm not trying to blast the kid. But when, J- when they made that switch to JT Daniels, it was evident they could throw the ball downfield. And I actually think that, you know, they had hired uh, Todd Munkin, uh, cousin of Jeff Munkin, the Army coach. Todd Munkin, though, passes the ball and he opens up the offense. He was limited with doing that with Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels, you know, scar tissue problems. I think now having a and, and, and COVID, they didn't, you know, break, breaking in a new offensive coordinator, not having spring ball. You know, I, I think it's tough for all those teams. And this year, I think they're going to be able to open up the offense more than traditionally. I mean, Georgia's hasn't been very uh, exotic offensively over the past, you know, 20 years. Um, so I think they're going to do that. And I think they have opportunity to really, they're going to be in the, even if they lose to Clemson this Saturday, I think there's a very strong chance they're going to be in the SEC championship, which will put them one win away from the college football playoffs, essentially. Love the insight of Colby Dan. Find him on Twitter at the Colby D. Find him through the college experience. That's the podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. They are all over it, previewing every meaningful game every week. Uh, on the podcast and also making the picks as part of sportsgamblingpodcast.com, picking every game, right? You tell us that you've been doing that for years, picking yeah. every game against the spread, not just the underdogs like we like on Three Dog Thursday. This man is on it again. Find him at the Colby, the letter D for Dant. Uh, Pick Dundee is here. We, we, Pick Dundee is back. And Pick Dundee even dispenses knowledge live on social media on Saturday morning. You just start taking questions rapid fire. And sometimes, uh, TJ will be out with the twins, my twin 13-year-old daughters at Dunkin' Donuts, and I see the Colby D is live, and I just shoot you a quick question about, hey, are my Memphis Tigers going to get it done today or whatever? The public can do the same thing. You're there on Saturdays all throughout the season just answering questions in the pregame mode before the games begin. Yeah, uh, on the college, in the college football experience, me and my co-host, we pick every single game and every Saturday morning an hour before uh, kickoff, so, so 11 a.m. on the east, uh, 8 a.m. on the west. Uh, we will be breaking down any games. Any any fans want to, you know, have a question about Rice and uh, North Texas? I'm here to answer it. And then uh, Saturday night, starting this year, we didn't do this previous years. Uh, we will be uh, recapping all the action on the college football experience. So subscribe, tell a friend, and uh, yeah, I mean, we've been over 500. TJ picking every game for four years individually for each season. So yes, that as ain't a easy. Yeah, that ain't easy, so, folks. And, and I'll say last year we had a, last year. We actually had a little bit of a sweat with the uh, with the COVID, you know, some of those teams like Minnesota that was like, we're still playing with 40 players out, you know, like that was a, right. that was a tough handicap spot spot. Well, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and last year you almost have to throw away in so many regards. We didn't have out of conference games and you're right. We had games that suddenly didn't get played. And then suddenly a team is playing a new team the same week. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly yeah. the, the, we find out on Saturday, Oh, they've got 25 guys on the COVID list. Handicapping became, a write-off almost on trying to figure this out on a consistent basis. So yes, I would agree, but they do a great job uh, with the college experience. With that being said, if we haven't angered those that are ready, salivating, anticipating, and any other painting for the underdogs right now, um, let's go. Let's get into a couple of them that you like. In fact, you're going to waste no time. They're hearing us on Three Dog Thursday. If you're hearing us later in the weekend, you already know the result, but you, you got you some East Carolina uh, the Pirates get rowdy at the Dowdy and Appalachian State. Talk to me, brother, about Thursday night. Not, not even waiting for Saturday for an underdog and why. 
yes. Uh, well, first, September 1st today, uh, what, eight years ago, last time ECU and App State squared off, ECU took them down. Uh, that was in Greenville. That was the last time they played. ECU's kind of owned this rivalry. Granted, uh, App State was an FCS team back then, but I think we got something brewing. Mike Houston, uh, East Carolina's uh, East Carolina's head coach you know, of, of three or four years now, He's coming in from J- from JMU. He won national championships on the FCS level, and he even said it took time to build this thing. Scotty Montgomery, you know, left this program. The, the offensive line and defensive line just weren't up to par to play in the AAC. Finally, I, this is the first time that, uh, you know, I really feel like uh, we have the players to do this. They're returning 20 starters. I know you had Phil Steele. We got Phil Steele in this episode. He'll tell you third most improved team uh on by by his on his most improved list are the east carolina pirates and i just think bringing back a fourth year super junior quarterback and holton allers he's going to be able to uh do things i think and we're just going to be able to dictate the line of scrimmage for the first time in a long time app state sean clark was in year one a season ago and i get it i gave a pass to all these first year coaches but at the same time sean clark it was a little different because he was already with the program yes he didn't get spring ball Yes, you know, he's still a brand new coach. They went nine and three, but they, they kind of lost to every good team they played. The quarterback's gone. They're bringing in Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce was at Duke with David Cutcliffe, quarterback guru, 10 touchdowns, 15 interceptions in a shortened season. I, I don't know about the Chase Bryce, uh, you know, transfer into App State. I know he's their starting quarterback. They might have problems stretching the ball down the field, which I think was ECU's bigger weakness defensively a season ago. I think East Carolina is just going to be able to, uh, I think they have the better quarterback and I think they're going to be able to win on the line of scrimmage. I think they're getting 10 and a half right now. I think they're a money line play. Take the East Carolina pirates. This is going to be a close game, but I think ECU gets it done. And Mike Houston is going to get the pirates to a bowl this year. I don't think they're going to win the AAC, the AAC wow. or anything, but I think they're going to be a bowl team this year. A lot of history there with that program. We know from the, you know, David Garrard recently, but also before that, Jeff Blake, and they they have had some success in various forms. Let's see what happens again. That game at Appalachian State at Boone. Actually, you know what? No, no, My no, mistake Charlotte. in Charlotte, yeah. right? Yeah. The neutral yeah. field at Bank of America Stadium for East Carolina and Appalachian State coming on Thursday night. Again, depending on when you're hearing us later in the weekend, you may be loving you some Colby Dant and the Dantabase who was on to that. You may already know that result as you're hearing us later on in the weekend. You will know that result Friday into Saturday uh, for that one. Um, okay, I'm going to shoot one at you here. Uh, the Louisiana uh, Lafayette. They don't want to be called Louisiana Lafayette anymore. Just call them Louisiana or Louisiana. The Ray John K. Johns at Austin, at Texas, Louisiana, bringing almost everybody back, pulled a big upset. Speaking of Iowa State against Iowa State a year ago, won a a bunch of critical games, getting points at Texas. Sarkeesian, the new coach, new quarterback, first game. You want to scare me off? I like Ray John K. Johns as an underdog here on Three Dog Thursday. Hey, you got a lot to like, and especially with that announcement that they're starting uh, Hudson Card, the freshman quarterback. This guy's never started a game. And, and, and Louisiana's preseason top 25, too. And Billy Napier's been really building that program. Levi Lewis at quarterback. I think this is a – I like your play. I will say a little nervous about the money coming in on Louis, uh, Louisiana, uh, but I like the play, and I, I actually am one of these ones that – Steve Sarkeesian still needs to prove it to me. I never thought he was, you know, amazing at Washington or USC. And 
look, I get it. You were very successful at Alabama, but TJ, I got a feeling that me and you could have called the plays at Alabama and we would have won. <laughs> or my 13-year-old twins <laughs> yes, might have been exactly. able to figure some of that out with throw the ball to Devontae Smith, throw the ball to Jalen Waddle in recent years. Uh, yes, yeah. very true. All right, so we'll see about Louisiana. That one Saturday afternoon in Austin getting the eight. I like that. Colby's kind of iffy on that on Three Dog Thursday. There actually is a game that we agree on as we talk with Colby Dan of the college experience here, three dog Thursday, kicking off the college football weekend, Labor Day weekend, everybody be safe with Labor Day Saturday night, Rose bowl, Los Angeles. And this is a very interesting spot where UCLA plays host to LSU. And this is the second Louisiana team that we're talking about. And we should make mention in all seriousness, they have been through torture with hurricane Ida this whole week without power, et cetera. The LSU program, for example, got out of there last weekend before hurricane Ida hit and has been uh, sequestered and, and working out in Houston, Texas, away from their families, away from everybody, and then traveling uh, late in the week to Los Angeles. The, the LSU Tigers are favored. UCLA played a game last week, if you can call it a game, and destroyed Hawaii at home. The only downside is there were about 271 people at the Rose Bowl. It was pathetic looking. I know they maybe had 15,000 people there, but in a 100,000-seat stadium, it looked like 22 people were there. In any event, UCLA's played a game. LSU is not. LSU coming there. You will be at this game with your bros, with Sean Green, with Ryan Kramer. Uh, Are you and I in lockstep here on on the Bruins, on Tim Kelly? I am. I've been preaching this. uh, Actually, I didn't even need to see the Hawaii game. I've been been preaching this since really like the the end of last year. Uh, UCLA lost all their games by – I think a touchdown or less, right? A season ago. And I thought they really kind of, they had COVID issues during Thompson Robinson missed that Oregon game. They, they were the better team in that Oregon game. Oregon got extremely lucky. Uh, and, and I think UCLA has been going out and first off, they bring back the most production of any school in the power five. Uh, then they went out and the transfer portal were very aggressive, landed a, you know, defensive tackle from USC. Who's the stud. Zach Charbonnet from from uh, from Michigan comes in. They also added some more key key transfers that I thought really were great additions. And I, I really buy into Chip Kelly being a good college football coach. I know people were saying, oh, he deserves to be in the hot seat. I think this is, you know, he has to build his own culture there. And I think it's it's going to pay off this year. I think they're players in the Pac-12 South, players in the Pac-12 in general. Would not shock me at all if they won the Pac-12. And then LSU is kind of the opposite to me. Yes, they're extremely talented, you know, and, and they're getting Derek Stingley back uh, to because they need him because that pass defense was the worst in the nation last year. Uh, that's going to get tested, I think, purposely this past game against Hawaii. They kept it very vanilla for Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson. You look at the stats, I think he's 10 of 20 for like a buck 50 or something like that. Uh, that was on purpose, I believe. They kept it very vanilla. They ran, I, I don't even think they got, I, I feel like they ran the same play very often on the ground. Um, so I, I think they're walking into a good spot. And here's another thing for you. Uh, you know, people talk bad about the PAC 12. I get it. They haven't had a playoff team, but when the sec goes on the road to the PAC 12, they normally lose a and M lost at UCLA, Tennessee lost at, uh, Oregon and Cal Ole Miss lost at Cal. I think you got to go pretty far back. I think you got to find the LSU win against Sarkeesian uh, at Washington to 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 find the last time an SEC you're team saying, You're saying true road games because obviously Alabama whacked USC 
in Jerry's yeah. world a few yeah. years ago, but you're saying coming all the way out West to play yes. one of the California teams, which it's not that often. Yeah. You got to watch the spot. How much do you buy into team having played a game versus in LSU's case, they didn't play last weekend and they're going on the road. How much weight do you give it? Colby Dan? I think, I mean, I give it a lot of weight and, and I mean, I know Chip Kelly has also made this point besides just them getting a game in uh, last year. They were the only uh, uh, athletic part of, of UCLA that was allowed actually like kind of on campus practicing. So they got really close together. And I think that, that benefits uh, and LSU is kind of this team where I don't know, you know, Orgeron won that championship, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I like the guy. I'm rooting for the guy, but at the same time, I'm reluctant to call him a great coach. Um, he should uh, be. Yeah. Uh, offensively and defensively, there's so much talent there. They really, I don't care. Who, I know Derek Stingley opted out last year. However, you have five stars, four stars all throughout that secondary. You should not be 127th. There, there was only 127 teams that played football last year, guys. Uh, this, th there's no excuse for that. That's just flat out bad coaching. Um, now, now they have Miles Brennan out. It's going to be Max Johnson. He's young. I think it just fades perfectly, perf sets up perfectly for uh, UCLA to get things done here. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, if he can just stay away from the turnover, which uh, they were going to beat USC. He turned the ball over late. Um, if he can stay away from the turnover, which I think is part of the, you know, the the the, the fact he's getting older, he's getting more experience. Uh, I think they're going to beat LSU on the money line, and and I've been calling this one for months. Love that. Another moment or two with Colby Danny's going to give me one more underdog. One more quick note here, and it's an unknown again as we're dropping the podcast on Thursday. The LSU fan base had intended to descend on uh, the San Gabriel Mountains and Pasadena and the Rose Bowl. The reports were they may have bought as many as 40 or 50,000 tickets. Obviously, with Hurricane Ida, which affected more of the middle of the state and the northeast part of the state, Baton Rouge kind of in the western part of the state did not get hit as badly. Still, there's a lot of Louisianans unable to travel, unable to go. You really wonder, is it only going to be 15,000 or 20,000 and not the 40 or 50,000 that would have been there? We won't know till Saturday. Because who knows, with Labor Day weekend, those Cajuns might have gotten in the vehicles and spent on the gas and just drove uh, to yeah. come out to Los Angeles for right now and be out there. I don't know, but I'm just curious, will it be a little bit of a home away from home for LSU and how big of a, of a fan base will they have for a road game in the Rose Bowl in a regular season matchup? With you? We don't know, Colby. We'll That's see. a very good, very good question. And, and I mean, I, I'll call out UCLA fans. I think they're going to show up for this one. I, I'll say this, though. You know, I, I, with the studio that I'm recording at right now is like very close to the Rose Bowl. You could have gave me free tickets for that Hawaii game. I wouldn't have went because it was like 110 degrees that day. Like it was brutal. And, and I, I think for TV purposes, they played that at noon. Had it been a right. night game, I would have gone. I actually would have purchased a ticket and went. But the fact it was at noon here, it, it just sounded like, oh, this is a disaster. Like it's way too hot. Um, but I do think LSU and I'm, not, and I'm not making excuses here, but you've got COVID concerns in California where they've got lockdown stuff that's gone on for a year. They had no fans, obviously, at any Pac-12 games uh, last year at all, unlike other conferences in the South. And UCLA has never drawn well prior to the students being in after Labor Day. And it may even be like the second week in September. Yeah. They, they have traditionally you referenced that Texas A&M game 
uh, that they won with the great comeback and Josh Rosen back what, like three years ago or four years ago, that was like half full that night because they didn't have the students and they only, only, only had like 45 or 50,000 there uh, for that game. But yeah, I I would suspect there'll be more there, but it may still hurt them that the students aren't there yet for this UCLA LSU game. I think you make a great point there. There was a lot of things that uh, that can go into this. I, I I believe you know first off, if you've been to L.A., Westwood and Pasadena are far away, especially with traffic. And it could be like a I mean, you could ask yourself that would be like an hour and a half sometimes. So that and then for a while the Rose Bowl wasn't for the UCLA games. They weren't selling alcohol. So if you're a college kid, you want to go and have fun. I mean, this seemed like a big chore to go all the way out there. You know, and then you couldn't even, you know, have fun with your friends. You're in college. I get it. So now that that's and now that they're they're winning, hopefully, I mean, they've been that's another thing is they've had three or four losing seasons in a row. So but I also think, yeah, it, it's not ever going to be the culture that is LSU or something. And, and then I will say the COVID angle, too. I mean, I'm I, this is still a guy that, you know, I walked my dog the other day. Someone gave me shit for not wearing the uh, not wearing a mask. Walking wow, my outside. dog outside. Yeah. Uh, like so. So there are it, it changes per person here uh, on belief of what right. you know is okay and what's not. So I think that could also affect the attendance greatly. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, as a guy just doing comedy shows, it's hard to it's hard right now in LA to to be able to you know count on are we going to have people here? Sure, <laughs> you know so. Um, well, we'll find out. We'll find out together. Well said on all of that. And we're getting through this day by day, week by week. We'll find out what kind of crowd is there at the Rose Bowl. And again, uh, it, just to pop it one more time, Colby, Sean, Ryan intend to be there. I'm profoundly jealous of that. I got to hear all about it for LSU's and, first appearance in a regular and, season game at the Rose Bowl. And if you're in the area, we are, we are, you know, we're going to do the whole tailgating experience. Come out. We'll give you a lighter. We'll give you, you know, uh, some food, some drinks, you know, maybe a t-shirt. We'll, we'll, don't worry. Come on out. We're going to have a big sports gambling podcast network uh, banner. So you'll see us tailgating. Welcome to join. Until they shut you down and try to run you off. But even then you will escape, you will evade, and you will get into the game later on. Do whatever you got to do, brother. All right. Uh, I have neglected. There is one more underdog play from you here on Three Dog Thursday. Who is it? Where is it? And why? I believe you hinted to me that you're staying with a Pac-12 theme on this one in Saturday night. Go ahead. I'm going to take a shot on uh, on the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, if you look at, at, at Jed Fish, new coach, and I get it. The last time we saw Arizona football, they lost 70 to seven to Arizona state uh, in, in Kevin Sumlin's last game. But I think that mm-hmm. the players checked out in my opinion, the players checked out. You'll go back a couple games before that. They had a, they actually should have beat USC. USC needed a deflected pass on fourth and seven to, 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 to maintain that drive. Essentially the game would have been over had, had that ball been incomplete. This team, played Colorado better than, than uh, the score indicates that they, they weren't as bad as you think you look and you say, Oh, they went winless. This team was, was bad. I mean, th- yes, they weren't a great team last year, but I think they were competitive in every game except that Arizona state game. And they kind of checked out on Sumlin. Um, uh, Jed fish steps in Jed fish. I get it. He's been all around the world. All right. <laughs> Coaching. I feel like he's been at every, every NFL team, every college team. He's had a stop. He's coached with Brian Billick, won a Super Bowl, I believe, with the Ravens. He's been with Pete Carroll. He's been with John or Jim Harbaugh, not John. He's had this. He's got a good coaching pedigree. I even think he had to stop with Belichick. Um, he steps into Arizona. 
And he hires Don Brown, which I thought was a great defensive coordinator at Michigan, even before that when he was at Boston College. Love that hire. And another thing is they went out and got guys that were successful at Arizona, Chuck Cecil, Brandon Sanders, all this. I think the talent is actually decent. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be a top 25 team. I just think they're better than what the record indicates. BYU, out of 130 teams last year, lost the most production. Zach Wilson's a New York Jet. Dax Milne, all these guys gone. Their offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, now at Baylor. Yes, I get it. They have the, another uh, crop of players that are 25 years old because of, of BYU. Um, but I think Arizona could beat them. I think the fact they're breaking in all these new players, it's in it's in uh, the Death Star, so I think it'll probably be a neutral fan base. I know BYU travels well, so maybe a, a slight edge to BYU. I just think the way that Arizona has been building this thing, I think it was an interesting hire, not a sexy hire. A lot of people were like, Jed Fish? I think it's a, I think they could do it. And I, a 12 and a half point dog, sign me up for Arizona on the money line. And I mean, I, I'm going to take the 12 and a half too, but the money line, I like it. I'm telling you, they can get it done. Give me, give me the Wildcats in the stand. And it's in the desert. They're used to the desert. Yep. And that is at Allegiant Stadium, as you're alluding to, Las Vegas, uh, where the Raiders play and where they're going to have prominent games including bowl games, et cetera, in that stadium, in that new facility. We'll see what it looks like for that one on Saturday night. So, again, recapping an East Carolina doggy wolf-wolf on Thursday night. Colby agreeing with me on UCLA as a home doggy against LSU. The pooch on Saturday night at the Rose Bowl and Arizona Wildcats, a couple of Pac-12 doggies, getting a boatload of points with BYU will be your underdogs. Uh, we show this again to our uh, friends uh, that are watching us on YouTube, check out Colby Dant, the Colby D. There he is, Pick Dundee, uh, with uh, all of these selections on social media at the Colby D. We also show you that the College Experience Podcast is found wherever you get podcasts. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network, find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get it. Find it, subscribe. You're picking all the games. You're recapping everything. They get multiple shows a week. They sometimes get multiple shows a day previewing games. They got to be locked in and subscribe, Colby Dan, to the college experience. 100%. Yeah, we're breaking down games every day uh, of, of the week, at least. And then uh, uh, we do we pick every FBS game even give you some FCS games. We don't discriminate, right? And, uh, yeah, we got, we got you covered on the college football experience. We're all, like I said, four years picking every game, college football and college basketball, never had a losing season. Me, Patty C, NC Nick, my co-host, and independently, we've never had a losing season. So How about that? I think it speaks for itself. It does speak for itself. This man does a great job. Promise me that I get to bother you again a few times. I won't bother you every week, but I get to bother you a few times as the year goes on. I uh, hear on three dog Thursday. I love the underdogs. It's back brother. College football is back starting this weekend. Thank you for hanging Colby Dan on three dog Thursday. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me go pirates, baby. And there he goes. Love the inside again. One more time of Colby Dan again, still to come Phil Steele of the Phil Steele college football preview for 2021. Look forward to talking with him about previewing the season and get some surprise teams that he likes. The first weekend of matchups here, Phil Steele coming up as we roll on here on the kickoff edition of Three Dog Thursday with college football getting started NFL next week and much more. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, 
and Virginia, and we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon, the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. And the football season is ready to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. Because with PropSwap, your bet doesn't have to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, Trey Lance of the 49ers opened up at 300-1 to to win the MVP this year, and he has already been bet down to 75 to 1 after that preseason performance just last weekend. That means if you bet 100 bucks on Trey Lance back in May, you could sell that ticket on PropSwap right now for $400, a 300% return before the season ever begins. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting. Buy low, sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just by listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team. You can sell one for a profit and leave one for yourself for skin in the game. Again, your bet doesn't necessarily have to win. It just has to improve. Think of it like the stock market. Get started today at PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Odds Crowd. If you haven't already downloaded Odds Crowd's app, you're missing out. The free roll fantasy contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. Ten grand for the best NFL better and sides are included this year. Also, a weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contest just for people that have the SGPN app downloaded. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both the season-long and weekly contests for the NFL and college football. And the boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us as well. Here's how it works. Once you get in the contest, you track your bets against the real odds and the lines, much like you do with any pick-tricking app. The most profitable players will rise up on the leaderboard, and if you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, then you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. 
And we're brought to you in part by PicksWise, the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, the how, and the why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. But you've got the opportunity here with PicksWise to get their favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast, it's fun, it's easy, and it all starts with prize picks. You pick two of the five players that day, decide if they'll go under or over their stat projection, and then you find out if you win. The more players you pick, the more that you can win. You can win up to 10 times your money with the prize picks, and that's the way to play. Use the promo code SGP. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, SGP is the promo code with PicksWise for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's PicksWise promo code SGP. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. As promised, I have been saying that I swear by Phil Steele's college football preview, and I have been hoping, I have been wanting, no, I did not write a letter to Santa Claus, that I would get to Phil before the start of the season. It has, in fact, happened, and here he is as part now of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Happy college football season 2021, Phil Steele. Good to have you. Oh, I tell you what, TJ, it's uh, so much better this football season than last. Last year at this time, we're wondering if we're even going to play the games. Uh, we we had to change our uh, Phil Steele website to put the updated schedules. People were printing them off and pasting them in their magazine. People had about uh, 300 or 500 pages in the magazine last year just to update the schedules. Oh, such a relief. And fans in the stands. It's just going to be uh, great to be back to normal. No doubt about that. All right, so I'm going to make you smile right away because we can see each other, even if they're only hearing us on the audio podcast. I do have the Bible in my possession, the 2021 Phil Steele uh, college football preview. And I say to you again, I've had you on like three times before. I am not the moochers like the rest of the media that you send one to for free. I go and seek out and purchase the guide. And I hope I earn like 3% more respect from you that I go and make a purchase of the Phil Steele college football preview. And I encourage the audience to do the same. Go pi- go buy this. Go keep them in business. Go spend some money. Go get the preview. It's worth it, Phil. Yeah, and, and you'll be using the preview all season long, won't you, TJ? I mean, it's... Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, we did stop sending them out to the media members uh, last year, so <laughs> we, we haven't done that for two years, but I appreciate <laughs> all the years that you went out and bought it when we were sending them out, so thank there you, you TJ. I love, I love that. All right, enough of me kissing up to Phil Steele. Let's get to why we have him here. Um, in the preview magazine, so we love the underdogs on this podcast. In the preview magazine, you've got three programs that I want to focus in on real quick that you think will be surprise teams. Not that these are these are total unknowns, 
but you listed Washington Huskies, Wisconsin Badgers, USC Trojans as surprise teams. First of all, clarify for the audience, what do you mean by surprise? Yeah, surprise team is a non-top 10 team that I think can contend for a playoff spot, which would really be a surprise. And giving you some past, uh, 2016, we had the Washington Huskies as uh, my number one surprise team. They were not in the top 10. They made it to the playoff that year. 2018, same thing. Notre Dame, number one surprise team, not in the top 10, made it to the playoff. In 2019, Utah almost made it. They lost that doggone Pac-12 title game. Still won't let Coach Winningham uh, down, off on the, off the hook on that one. Had they won that, they would have made the playoff. And last year, I took a five-loss Texas A&M team and put them as my number one surprise team. There was Selection Sunday, Ohio State, Texas A&M. They almost made it last year. So it's a team that nobody expects to be in the playoff that I think has a chance. Why is Wisconsin the top one this year? What stands out about the Badgers who do have Penn State to begin the year coming this weekend? Yeah, Wisconsin's number two on my list of the uh, surprise teams uh, and uh, Washington's number one. But with Wisconsin, you know, last year they only averaged 3.9 yards per carry, which is uh, atypical for them. They usually average five or six yards per carry. They now have a deeper backfield. They added Ches Malusi from Clemson to go along with Jalen Berger who emerged last year. The offensive line's a veteran group. Graham Mertz, at quarterback, hit 20 of 21 passes in the opener, then hit COVID, missed a couple of weeks of practice, wasn't the same after that. I think he'll be one of the top quarterbacks in the college football. Defensively, they're outstanding. Once again, they always are. And then you look at the schedule for Wisconsin this year. You know, their four Big Ten road games are all against teams that had a losing record last year. And the toughest game on their schedule, Notre Dame, they're a slight favorite. So right now in Vegas, they're actually favored in all 12 games, and yet they're barely cracking in the uh, top 25 this year. But Phil is on to them. And again, thank you for the correction. You have Washington as your top team out of the Pac-12 in terms of surprise teams. Uh, Jimmy Lake as the second-year coach. A lot of people didn't realize that in the pandemic year, and the Pac-12 didn't play for a lot of the season until late in the year. Jimmy Lake is now the coach. Tell me more about uh, Washington and why you like them so much as a potential surprise team. Yeah, Jimmy Lake is a big reason. You look at his defenses over the years, he's had two returning starters and done well. Uh, the last two years, they've had two and six returning starters. Well, this year, they've got eight starters back on defense. So I do think they'll have one of the top defenses in the country. They have a mammoth offensive line. They average about 328 pounds per man. They've got a deep set of running backs, two veteran quarterbacks, uh, and then you look at the receiving core. They've got one of the best tight ends in college football in K. Dotton. So they've got the defense. They've got the offense. What I absolutely love about them is the schedule. Once again, they avoid Utah and USC out of the South. Their two toughest games this year are against Oregon and Arizona State. They get them both at home. And I think this year, TJ, home field is going to have the biggest edge we've ever had in college football because fans got deprived to go into the games last year. They're going to come back with a vengeance. We're going to see increased attendance over what we saw in 2019, and we're going to have loud stadiums. So the fact they get their toughest two games at home, I've got them favored in all 12 games this year. It wouldn't surprise me if they surprise everyone and make the playoff. Just a couple of more moments with Phil Steele. Again, find him at philsteele042 on Twitter, philsteele.com. The Phil Steele College Football Preview is out. You live by it. You swear by it with the most in-depth preview of every team in college football. The man works on it constantly. You kind of alluded to this. 
Uh, some say it's a bad thing that we have the brand names like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma every year in and around the playoff. I don't know that that's a bad thing because it doesn't hurt the NFL that the Patriots and the Steelers uh, pick one, the New Orleans Saints for so many years. All, uh, Seattle Seahawks always seem to be good in the NFL, and you can count on that. I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, again, if somebody's going to crash, you're thinking like a Washington or a Wisconsin might be that team, maybe a second team with Ohio State out of the Big Ten. Could there be a second team out of another conference like the SEC, et cetera, too, that crashes with Alabama, Clemson, some combination, Ohio State, Oklahoma? Phil, what do you think? Yeah, I think two other teams have a really good chance of making a playoff this year, and they both are in the SEC. Now, they're not as big a surprise, and they're not on my surprise team list because I only picked non-top 10 teams, and both of these guys are in the top 10. But Texas A&M is a very strong team. I, I liked them a lot last year. I like them a lot this year. Jimbo Fisher's got some amazing recruiting classes in his four years. And your biggest question mark with Texas A&M is they lose their quarterback, Kellerman, and they lose four offensive line starters. So you're thinking, ah, there's some flaws there. But talking to Coach Jimbo Fisher at the end of last year, as well as after spring this year, he feels this year's offensive line is actually more talented than last year's offensive line. And keep in mind, of the four starters lost, only one was drafted. Uh, Coach Fisher feels all five of these guys are going to be drafted. So a more talented offensive line that's got five games under their belt when they host Alabama. I think Haynes King steps in and does a great job at quarterback, uh, as good a job as Kellen Mond. And last year, if you look at that game against Alabama, watch the first half. It was really only four plays difference. I thought they played Alabama pretty close in the first half. So there was a lot closer than the 28 point score. And then Georgia, I think Georgia's got a shot at upsetting Clemson. If you like underdogs, there's an underdog for you the first week of the year. And then the rest of their schedule is cake. I mean, they've got three sec road games this year. They're all against first year head coaches. Uh, and it's unusual that the team only has three, but they get that Florida game in Jacksonville. So they'll be favored in all the other games. If they play Alabama in the sec championship, uh, the last two times they played Alabama, they have trailed by a grand total of two minutes and yet lost both games, but they'll know they can play with Alabama. So I think those two teams are legitimate contenders as well. Love it. Phil's got to go in just a minute uh, here. I, I always joke with you about this the previous times that I've had this. Give me an idea. Is it typically the same setup where you've got like 10 TVs, 15 different screens? I mean, on a Saturday like this, Labor Day weekend, there are so many games how many screens? How many games can you keep up with at once, Phil? Yeah, 84 games this weekend. Thank goodness they're spread out over three days. So we get some games on Thursday. We get some games on Friday. But I've got 12 TVs in front of me. And then if I need help, I've got two computers, which I can put a couple more <laughs> games on. So at the most, it's 14 games at a time. I drink a lot of Diet Mountain Dew. I'm just focused on the TVs all day long. Don't come in my office and try to talk to me because I'm just concentrating on all those TVs. I, I do need to rest the eyes a little bit after that Hawaii game at three o'clock in the morning when the night's finally done, but uh, sure. it's a pretty hectic Saturday. One more time, plug away because they can still get the guide and the guide is good even after this weekend for all of the early season matchups, conference play. You've got all kinds of information, spreads, trends, all of it. Tell them how they get a hold of it. I found it local bookstore, Barnes and Noble, local grocery store, but how do they get a hold of it no matter where they're hearing us? Yeah, the best places are Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. They were our exclusive dealers this year, but they were selling out so much that we did have to send them out to some other locations. So if you go to my Twitter account, at PhilSteel042, 
right at the front, I give you a list of all the Barnes & Noble locations and a list of all the other locations. Just click on those, you'll find one in your area and you will be using the magazine all the way through the bowls. In fact, we've got notes on every matchup all season long. It's spread history, it's player history. And if you go online and order the magazine at philsteel.com, we send it out two-day FedEx and you can get the digital magazine for just 10 bucks. The digital magazine this year will be updated with players lost for the season. We'll have them circled and any additional transfers since the magazine went to the press. So Barnes and Noble books a million philsteel.com, your best locations. He's all over it again. I swear by this thing. I love having this man on publicly. Thank you to Chris Van Dyne who helped us make this interview happen. He keeps Phil straight with all the interviews. Chris got it all set up. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Phil Steele. The season is underway. I now can get everything underway because I got to talk to the preview Messiah before it began. Thank you, my friend. Good luck with all of the stuff. Hey, a lot of fun, TJ. And uh, it's great to have football back and the fans in the stands. Good talking to you once again, my friend. And that'll do it. My thanks again to Colby Dan all the way back at the beginning of the show. The College Experience is his podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. And again, Colby, some very interesting, including uh, West Coast-tinged underdogs. He likes East Carolina. He likes UCLA. He likes Arizona. I gave two that I like, the Louisiana Rajon Cajuns at Texas. Remember a year ago, the... Uh, Sunbelt pulled off a couple of upsets, a couple of shockers uh, in, in college football. And I think Louisiana may be right there again. They had two or three upsets of the Big 12 between Louisiana and Coastal Carolina and others pulling off upsets. I kind of like Louisiana in this spot here with Texas in the afternoon on Saturday. I like UCLA along with Colby coming on Saturday night at the Rose Bowl, getting points, LSU again, first game, quarterback situation up in the air. I mean, there's no doubt that LSU's talent should be superior to UCLA's talent, but UCLA's got everybody back basically on both sides of the ball, and they played a game last week. I'll take the Bruins. And and uh, Colby also liked Arizona in the neutral site game in Las Vegas against BYU. I need to give you one more underdog on Three Dog Thursday for my third, along with Louisiana, along with UCLA. Give me the Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno pummeled UConn last week, which UConn, who cares, are now an independent. They didn't play a game last year. They opted out of the COVID season. Randy Edsel's back as, as the coach. They're on life support. As a as an FBS Division One program, they're on life support. So in, in any event, Though uh, Fresno State looked good uh, last week in blowing them out 45 nothing at home. Here we go again with a team that has played a game versus a team in Oregon that's not played a game. The game is in Eugene. It is an 11 a.m. local time start because of the Pac-12 network on Saturday of Labor Day weekend. And I'm getting 20 or 21 points with Fresno State to start this game. I like their quarterback, uh, Hayner. I think that Fresno State hangs in. I don't know that they win this game, but they'll keep it fairly close, if not be leading this game in the first half. I'm loving 20 or 21 points with the Fresno State Bulldogs. I'm going with two teams on the theme of they've played a game, the opponent hasn't played a game uh, for this weekend. So give me that one as a third one for Three Dog Thursday. So my thanks again to Colby Dant, College Experience. Phil Steele just with us as well. Reminder again, however you found this podcast, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. Review this show. We'll do drawings and giveaways. Once again, for anybody that's reviewed this show, screenshot it, send it to me uh, at Three Dog Thursday on Twitter, the number three, Three Dog Thursday, at Three Dog Thursday. Find us there. 
send it on. I'll see the reviews as well. I've gone back and looked at the reviews. We're going to draw somebody that's a winner off the reviews. Uh, get me a, get me a review, and I will find a way to get in touch with you. Rate us, review us, because more people will find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, et cetera, wherever you get podcasts. And again, the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network of shows, the site, do a great job in promoting us. But if you are subscribed, you'll get all of our content on Three Dog Thursday, not just here to the audio podcast, but subscribe on YouTube, Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. Go see the full video with Colby Dan. If you only heard it, you'll see what Colby looks like. Get the full breakdown there. All the good stuff on that. For now, we are done. Thank you for being with me. Have a safe Labor Day weekend. We'll come back with the NFL in week one, including my Bucks and the Cowboys kicking the weekend off. That has all of these different matchups, the uh, the Bears playing against the Rams, uh, all of these different games, the Raiders opening with the Baltimore Ravens, all over the NFL, New England with Mac Jones at quarterback playing the Dolphins, who are supposed to be a playoff contender. We'll talk a bunch of NFL with the college next week. And as always, we look for the underdogs. Those uh, those hairy hounds to see if they can come through against the number for this week. Good luck to the handicapper Colby Dant with his underdogs. I've got those doggies myself. Again, enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.